When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Eye on Foxborough, the premier podcast for all things New England Patriots. Brought to you by Mass Live. Welcome back to the Eye on Foxborough Patriots podcast. I'm Chris Mason here with Mark Daniels. We're getting ready to go to Germany. Mark, how are we feeling about this trip overseas? Well, I'm a little tired, Chris, but that's my plan. Um, I don't know if you know this, but we are six hours behind Germany. Um, they are in like Central European Standard Time, I believe. Um, I only say this because I have been, I wrote a story that'll be on MassLive.com, I believe when people hear this, about how certain players were going about dealing with jet lag. And honestly, I wrote the story with self-serving motivation because I also wanted to learn how to deal with jet lag. But in case anyone is wondering... Mac Jones uh, was planning on going to sleep this week around six o'clock um, to try to adjust the time before he got there. So I thought that was very interesting, as opposed to David Andrews, who's just like, I'm going to sleep on the plane for three hours and then stay awake. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see what goes on. Yeah, my plan. I'm a terrible plane sleeper. So my plan was to sleep really late on Thursday and then just try and kind of stay up. And that just did not go well. I have a dog that woke me up at seven. And yeah, it, that, that plan has gone to hell. So we'll see. Maybe, maybe get some sleep on the plane. But Patriots are also flying Thursday. They'll, they're on the, essentially the same schedule. We'll leave Thursday here, get to Germany Friday morning, and then we'll practice. But JC Jackson will not be on that plane. He <clears throat> reportedly missed curfew on Saturday night, along with Jack Jones, was benched for a bit, but not really on Sunday. And now the team's not taking him to Germany. Mark, what do you make of JC in this situation? It's it's messy. And Chris, this is what happens when your team stinks. Like when when the wheels come off, people start to act. You know, things start to go wrong, right? Like back in the day, you could say, all right, the Patriots handled JC Jackson. And, and let's be honest, I'm, I'm going to be honest right here. Like according to like multiple sources, JC Jackson was not an angel the first time he was with New England. It was not a problem, though, because the Patriots were winning. Like you can handle people who have off the field issues better when you have a good culture, a good locker room, when you're in the middle of a dynasty, when you're winning Super Bowls, when Tom Brady's on your team. Like a lot of things got covered up over the last, I'd say, 20 years with the Patriots because of what was built. But when that's gone, when you lose a lot of those locker room leaders, when you lose the greatest quarterback of all time and when your team is in last place things, you you can't cover that up. So someone like J.C. Jackson, you would think, Chris, he would have already had the motivation to quote unquote reset when he got traded after signing a massive deal and getting traded after one year. I mean, that's embarrassing. What happened to JC Jackson in LA was embarrassing. And the hope was, oh, Patriots know how to use him. He knows the coaching. He knows Bill. It'll get him back on track. And I'll be honest, for two games, I bought it. First Las Vegas, JC Jackson was very legit. Against the Bills, JC Jackson looked back to normal. Honestly, he was very good. Something went wrong after that. Something went wrong in Miami where he played around 63% of the defensive snaps. And it was the same last week. It was the same thing. 63% of the de- defensive snaps. He hasn't been as good. He hasn't been as engaged. Like, I, I just, 
this is one, it's all on JC Jackson, but two, I think it's also reflective of the current state of the Patriots organization. Yeah. And I think when they brought JC back in here, like we both knew kind of how things went the first time around. And one of the first thoughts is what kind of influence is he going to be on Jack Jones, who's dealt with off the field issues pretty much wherever he's gone, was suspended to end his rookie year. And now suddenly they both miss curfew on the same night. And it's like, okay, I don't, I don't know what that says, but I I just don't love the way that Bill handled this either, where it's like, okay, JC is going to sit out for two series. Jack is going to sit out for three series, but they're still both on the sidelines. They're both going to play. And the body language on the sidelines from Jack Jones was horrendous. Defense is on the field. He's benched. He's not standing on the sideline. He's not watching. He's not on a tablet. He's not engaged. He's sitting on the bench with a towel around his shoulders next to Chad Ryland, just looking up at the sky I like if there was a Merriam-Webster's dictionary defines disengaged as blank, it would be Jack Jones sitting on the bench right there. Uh, honestly, and, and let's talk about this too. JC Jackson wasn't with the team for pregame warmups, which is highly unusual. Like that stuff really only happens if someone's like extremely sick. I, I remember, I think it was Trent Brown was like throwing up in a locker room once and he wasn't out with the team for warmups. And then he played because he was sick. He had like the flu or something. Marcus JC, Cannon, that was. Yeah, Marcus Cannon. You're right. I knew it was a tackle. Yep. So JC Jackson wasn't out there. I thought that was highly bizarre. I mean, wait, this guy is so disengaged. He can't warm up with the team. And on top of that, Jack Jones is looking like, honestly, he doesn't belong on the field with the way he was behaving. But then Bill Belichick still played them. He He still played them. And you're right. Jack got benched for a series longer than JC. Maybe that's reflective of their talent level. But then JC, who also, they both missed curfew. JC, though, is the one who's not going to Germany. From everything we hear, it sounds like Jack will be going to Germany. I mean, I, I do wonder... I, I do wonder what, what else is happening. I, I mean, this can't be the only story, Curse. But I, I will say this, even looking at like Jack's performance this year, it is it it's not great. Last year I had Jack Jones down for allowing somewhere around 40% of the passes he saw in coverage. This year, he's allowed six catches on nine targets. That's 67% in the three games he's been back. He hasn't been locked down. He's he didn't allow a touchdown last year as a rookie. He he already he allowed one in three games. And JC Jackson, by the way. Is tied for the team league, team lead in touchdowns allowed by cornerbacks, and he hasn't been with the team that long. So like things oh, are not great. going well. Yeah, things are not going well for two of your quote unquote supposed you know best cornerbacks on the team. But I'm going to throw something crazy out here, Chris. I think the Patriots should release J.C. Jackson. I understand like Bill wants to win, but if you can't count on someone and you need to like keep him home before a bye week, why why is he even on the roster? Quite honestly, I, I think they should roll with Sean Wade. I think this team is so bad. You need to see what you have in younger players. Hell, sign someone off the practice squad for all I care. Give it to Alec Austin. I don't think J.C. Jackson deserves to have a spot on the Patriots. No, and that would send the message, too, that, like, you got to be all in. And at a time where buy-in is starting, it looks like it's starting to be an issue in the locker room, right? I don't think Bill has handled this well at all with the media, where first he says, oh, that wasn't a benching. They weren't benched. It's like, yes, they were. He says it's not disciplinary. And then it comes out that they both miss curfew. It's like, okay. Then he does his Wednesday press conference. And Ian Rappaport, right after Bill's press conference ends, happens to have the news that Jack is, I mean, uh, that JC is not going to Germany. So reporters can't ask Bill about it. So do you know who gets those questions instead? Players. Players are being asked to talk about their teammates, and they don't like doing that. It's really awkward for them. They're not the ones making the decisions, but they're still sitting there like, why is this guy making me answer questions about 
something that has nothing to do with me, but as like, you know, David Andrews getting those questions as team captain, that's just what's going to happen when Bill isn't the one coming out, making a statement and being like, yeah, this is what's going on. This is the punishment. And, you know, we're moving forward. It was so transparent what happened. It's very clear someone in Belichick's camp leaked the news to Ann, Rapp- Ann Rappaport after he walked off the podium. But you're right, Chris. He he hangs his players out to dry. Instead of taking accountability as the head of the franchise, you know, the GM, the coach, Bill Belichick puts it on his players. Like, now you have Hunter Henry, David Andrews, Mac Jones. I mean, even in the locker room, Jalen Mills, Jonathan Jones was asked about it. All these guys were being asked about it when really Bill Belichick could have got ahead of it, you know, and just been transparent. But that's that's not his style. It's never been his style. And the problem I have with it, honestly, it's fine when you're winning, man. You're not winning. Like like Bill Belichick's whole shtick with the media to me, it, it has gotten old, but like because the results aren't there, you know, it, it would be nice if he was more upfront with stuff like that. But honestly, it would be better for his players. And But I'll, I will say this. I, I think out of all the answers we heard about JC, um, David Andrews stuck out the most to me, man. It, it was, it was yeah. quote, I think the biggest thing is being committed to the team. The biggest thing I preach is team comes first. I mean, read between the lines. JC Jacks is clearly not committed here. The team isn't coming first, which is why we're, we're going to see Sean Wade on Sunday. But something to monitor here is how Jack Jones proceeds um, going forward. He, he, let's be let's be honest. It, it's been a rough year for Jack Jones. I mean, he got suspended last year, the end of his rookie season for the final two games for reportedly missing rehab assignments. And in the offseason, for some reason we do not know, he brought loaded guns to Logan Airport. Um, he the the court case essentially. I don't want to say get dropped, but it was like a pre-trial. What whatever. Well, it wasn't even a plea deal. He didn't have to plead to anything. Right. But basically, in exchange for doing probation, they dropped the charges. So the next practice, the next practice after getting the charges dropped, he suffers a hamstring injury and he lands on the IR. Right. So like this year has been a disaster for Jack. And honestly. I, I, I feel for him to a certain degree as like a human being, because I think he's probably mentally a mess. And and I and I do wonder if it's part of the reason why Bill is taking it easier on Jack than JC, because I think there'll be there could I'll say could be a future for Jack Jones in New England. I do not think there is a, um, you know, a future for JC Jackson here with the Patriots. Well, it's also interesting to see Jack's play regress when. That started over the summer, right? We're watching the training camp practices and he didn't look the same. And at that point, you're wondering like, okay, with all the court stuff going on, is his mind not like there? Is he distracted? Yada, yada, yada. But like that stuff's gotten dropped. He's playing real games and you have the stats right there. Like he's still performing at a worse level than his rookie year. So I'm not entirely sure like what you attribute that to at this point. But I, I do agree that he's the one of the two with a future in New England right now. You you would think you would you would hope so. Um, it's it's interesting heading into this Germany game, Chris, right? Because it's it's sort of a spectacle. You know, the mm-hmm. Patriots will be practicing in in front of the you know, local uh, the German media, and you know, for us who are traveling to Frankfurt on Friday afternoon, and you got the game inside. You know, a pretty cool dome on on Sunday. It's it's sort of a it's this is a way for the NFL to try to put you know, the league on the map, you know, worldwide. And here you have the Patriots who look like an absolute train wreck. So I have a question for you. Do you, do you think this impacts play? Do you, do you think we see a team that just falls apart at the seams in Frankfurt, Germany? No, I, I don't really think so. Um, I, I think it'll probably be a weird game because all these international games kind of have the feel of Thursday night football, you know, where it's it's not really a crisp product most of the time and you saw that even in the first frankfurt uh game with the dolphins and chiefs where you know 
that is not like Sunday night football, you know, NFL at its best. It's not. So I think you're probably going to see a sloppy game, but I bet it'll be competitive. And I don't think it'll like, I don't think they'll fall apart at the seams because of that. You know, what what do you think? Yeah, I, you know, I, I think what we've seen from the Patriots is probably what we're going to get. We're going to get an inconsistent performance on all three sides of the ball. And fortunately for them, the Colts aren't that good either. So, you know, it, it's sort of one of those games where, like, I don't necessarily think, like, they're going to fall. It's going to get worse. Like, And honestly, in some ways, these trips are used as, quote unquote, bonding trips by NFL teams. And maybe that's what the Patriots need. They need to get away from each other, do something get away with each other, do something fun, you know, in, in Germany, maybe they build some camaraderie and, and maybe things get better for them and they can go into the bye week and, and they can relax and reset. I know it was reported that JC Jackson needs to reset, but frankly, everyone needs to reset. Mac Jones needs to reset. Bill Belichick probably needs to reset. And it's sort of coming at an interesting time where they're getting away. They're going really, you know, across the pond, whatever you want to say. And then they enter the bye week So the hope is that they do not fall apart. I'm not entirely sure we're going to see a good blend of football, but right. you know, maybe, maybe things come, maybe things get a smidge better, a smidge. I, I also just don't know how much more like there is to fall apart on the field. You know, we're like losing at home right. to Washington to a team that was clearly trying to tank is pretty bad. There have been so many rock bottom moments where you're like, oh, this is rock bottom. No, this is rock bottom this year. You know, whether it's getting absolutely waxed in the Dallas game, you're like, oh, that it can't get much worse than that. Right. And then the Saints game is the next week where they get destroyed right. at home against the bad or mediocre at best Saints team. Then you go to the commander's law. So, I mean, I guess if there's a lesson that I'm learning as I'm speaking this out in real time, it's, it's it always can get a little worse with this team. But I, I don't know. I, I don't really see it happening in Germany. Chris, I want to. I have a. I actually have a football, a game-related question. Oh, slash, hey now, stat, slash stat for you. So this weekend, Patriots taking on the Colts, who don't have their starting quarterback Anthony Richardson. They have backup quarterback Gardner Minshew. Now Gardner has not played as many games as Mac Jones, and he hasn't thrown nearly as many passes. For example, Mac Jones has thrown 304 passes. Gardner Minshew has thrown 228. However, Gardner Minshew has eight touchdowns compared to Max 10. Gardner Minshew has 1,500 yards compared to Max 1,800. So here's a question. This game between the two quarterbacks, could we be looking at a scenario where Gardner Minshew, an upcoming free agent, is maybe coming to New England next year? Could we sort of be like, you know, could the Patriots look at this guy and say, you know what? We're going to reset our quarterback depth chart. We're going to bring in Gardner Minshew. Could could Mac Jones be playing against, honestly, a potential replacement? But, but, you know, someone who honestly could take his roster spot or battle with him. I, I think that's sort of interesting. He certainly could be. And it's it's it is really interesting because if Bill is back and is the one making decisions, he loves signing players that are really good against his teams. You know, he's done that forever. So if Gardner Minshew lights it up in Germany against them, maybe like that bug is in Bill's ear. Um, having said that, I don't I don't know that Bill will be back next year. So I don't know who's going to be making the dis- decisions, but. They definitely could be in a spot where they're going to need a bridge quarterback, especially if they don't wind up getting one of the two blue chip guys. Right. Like, and I think that's what Gardner Minshew would be. So yeah, yeah. he's certainly someone that could be a potential replacement. And then there's, there's one other name I want to throw at you too, is, you know, potential Patriot. Michael Pittman is scheduled to be a free agent. Um, the wide receiver honestly is, is about to be one of the best receivers on the open market. I mean, people would T Higgins is number one, but Michael Pittman's right behind for me, it'd also be interesting to see how he does against the Patriots. Um, he's a bigger bodied receiver X guy. 
But he could also be a guy that, honestly, the Patriots could go after in free agency. And I think we're at this point in this season, Chris, where we have to start even thinking about that. Like, wow, right. maybe if Gardner Minshew or Michael Pittman go off, they'll be here in New England next year. And it'll be interesting. You know, as we said, the Pats secondary, it's going to be depleted. Maybe Michael Pittman goes off and maybe he's a future Pat as well. Right. And I think we'll also learn how Bill feels about him in this game based on how Bill plays him, right? Like, you can tell who's getting the attention, who's not, who's getting bracket coverage, even dating back to, you know, the old pregame clip with Bill and Ocho Cinco. You remember that one where he's like, right. one double 85, that's the call all game. And Ocho Cinco's like, what? He's like, yeah, you're getting double team, buddy. It's sorry, it's going to happen. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know if Michael Pittman will get that treatment, but you can definitely tell how Bill and the Patriots coaches feel about opponents based on how they play them. And, and I think, you know, we, we talked about this in the last pod, but I think it's just worth bringing up, like, what, what happens if the Patriots lose entering the bye week, right? Like, you know, my my take has been, like, I, I think there's an argument to be made that it could be Bill Belichick's last game. I do agree with you that it would be shocking if Robert Kraft was to fire the Bill Belichick midseason. But honestly, if they lose to a Colts team that's playing with their backup quarterback in Frankfurt, Germany, I, I and they fall to 2-8, and eight, it'll be fascinating to me to see what happens with Bill, what happens with Robert, what happens with the team. I mean, you know, how, how do you see that unfolding if like they do lose? Like what what happens next after this? It's really interesting because Dubai is right after it, right? So if there's a time to fire a coach, it's right there, you know? If, I think we both agree that Mayo would be the interim, right? And then probably down the line, like the head coach. But I mean, then you really would give Mayo time like ample time to get things in order start his program going and then you get you get the sample size to end the year having said that i just don't think robert's going to do it like we i I just seeing is believing i've I've heard you know i've heard robert talk over and over again oh no playoff wins how how disappointed he is and it's like okay until you actually fire bill i'm not going to believe you're firing bill I agree. You know, I think, you know, you want to say does Bill have leeway? Of course he does. He has six Super Bowl championships. He has those banners hanging up in Gillette Stadium. That's all Robert Kraft needs to look at to say, you know what, I'm just going to let him finish it because he's the greatest coach of all time. And, you know, changes are coming, but I don't want to make them right now. I I, honest, I I expect him to go the same way, even though I would argue the pros of firing a coach midseason is, as you said, to one, give a coach like Gerard Mayo a chance, give, give Gerard Mayo a chance if, if, right. before hiring him. I mean, imagine letting him finishing out the season. I mean, honestly, it's a great way to sort of interview for the job. It's like, it's, it's hands-on experience. It's hands-on coaching experience. And you can see how the team sort of reacts to Gerard before making him your head coach, because that is a huge, huge hire. I, I could also throw out a scenario here. This is wild. It just popped in my head and it has nothing to do with the goals or, you know, midseason firing. Hypothetically though, at the end of the season, one thing, if Robert feels uncomfortable about the situation, he could step down or aside and let his son, Jonathan Kraft, take over. And I think, yeah. like, you know, and, and that, that's wild. And I haven't heard, we haven't heard anything about Robert Kraft stepping aside. He's, you know, he's he still loves this. We see him all the time at Gillette Stadium. But if you let Jonathan Kraft take over the franchise, very easy way to reset right there. You've got a new, you've got the new head, you know, whatever, the president, the new, new quote unquote owner. He could bring in his own coach, his own GM. Like that would be a very easy way to sort of back out of this and be like, my hands are clean. Yeah. I don't think that it happened for a couple of reasons. One is I, I just think Robert like loves the team too much. And I don't think he wants to do that. And two, he's putting his son in a pretty tough spot. If he does that too, yeah. you know, I think I'm not a parent, but I'd imagine that you would not want to set your kid up for failure. Right. Like, yeah. and that's kind of, if you just hang the first thing Jonathan Kraft does is like, 
firing bill on him that it's I, I don't know i don't know that you're really setting him up for the future but it would be fascinating to see what the domino effect would be of firing bill in season where like okay then do you also lose brian do you lose steve like what happens in the front office do you also fire bro like and to see how those dominoes would really start falling it's just not like a scenario where there's a clean break whereas if you wait into the off season and then even some mutual parting of ways like whatever you want to call it I think there's a much cleaner way to do that where like, you know, some, some pieces can stay in place if they want to. And and also, I think that also depends too, if Bill goes somewhere else, right? Like if Bill goes somewhere else, I I imagine his sons would follow him and other coaches or people in the front office would follow him as well. But before we go and have to pack our bags and head to Frankfurt, do you have a prediction for this? Do Do you have a prediction for this game on Sunday? Yeah, I'm going to go. I think we're going to see a lot of a lot of points, actually. I don't think either defense is playing particularly well. And the Colts offense has been sneaky good with Minshew. Um, So I will go Colts 31, Patriots 27. Nice. I'm going to I'm going to stick to my usual. Um, I'm going to say the Patriots sneak out of Frankfurt with a win, but it's going to be by a score of 2017. Chad Ryland game winning field goal from like four, you know, 47 yards. Uh, a newly historic kick in that stadium (laughs) but all right that's going to do it for us thanks for listening guys and we'll catch you further on down the trail this has been ion foxborough brought to you by mass live